Amen. I am tired, <laughs> flat out exhausted. And do I get to complain? No. You see, I've got this job that I love. Pretty much every day, I think about how completely blessed I am to get to do the work that I do. I get to serve the most wonderful people, to listen to what's on their minds, to teach them different things, to work with them to create justice, to celebrate the joys in life with them, to comfort them when things go wrong. I get to hang out with fantastic children. I even get to do construction with youth. I get to perform wedding ceremonies and wear colorful clothes. My job is never boring. On top of all that, I get to do work that I feel truly called to do. Way down deep in my soul, the stuff that I get to do every day is satisfying. It's awesome to wake up every morning and think about things like building community, responding to the different needs of the people in this fellowship, planning programs and worship and classes. It's really, really awesome. But sometimes, especially in the late days of June, when I've been going full speed for 10 whole months, I get tired. My brain wants so badly just to be shut off and put on a shelf for a little while. Even the most incredible work can still do that to you. I'm sure that there are some of you who can relate. I know that our children understand because I remember being in school in those muggy days of June when teachers were wrapping things up and tests were all we thought about. Even as someone who genuinely liked school, and I did, summer vacation was a magical break for body, mind, and spirit. A time for play, a time to let loose, a time to restore much-needed balance to my life. That search for balance between work and play, intensity and relaxation, learning and turning off your brain, that balance, that search for balance only gets harder when, as an adult, the rhythms of the school year no longer hold sway. And so maybe you also find yourself completely exhausted from time to time. Of course, that question of balance has been with humanity for a very long time. Today's reading from the third chapter of Ecclesiastes in the ancient Hebrew scriptures proves that. This passage is familiar to many of us, made more so by the song Turn, 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 in which Unitarian Universalist singer and longtime justice activist Pete Seeger set the first eight verses of that chapter to music. Of course, knowing our Bible through its interpretation in modern-day folk music has its hazards. Seeger wrote the song in time of great turmoil, clearly hoping that the balance sought by the writer of Ecclesiastes could translate itself into peace in our world. And because his song became so well-known, few of us 
know the book of Ecclesiastes past that eighth verse, which notably does not include the line, I swear it's not too late, Pete Seeger added that. After the poetic part, though, the part that's so easily sung, Ecclesiastes gets pretty interesting. I have seen the business that God has given everybody to be busy with. He has made everything suitable for its time. Moreover, he has put a sense of past and future into their minds, yet they cannot find out what God has done from beginning to end. It's written there. The writer continues, I know that there is nothing better for them than to be happy and enjoy themselves as long as they live. Moreover, it is God's gift that all should eat and drink and take pleasure in their work. Ecclesiastes reminds us of the importance of balance in our entire lives, and even the importance of taking pleasure in one's work. According to the author of this scripture, we are each called to do our best to enjoy the moments we have been given on this earth. To toil without pleasure is to laugh at the gift of life. To work without enjoyment is to go against God's desire that everything be balanced. To everything a season, and a time for every matter under heaven. Ecclesiastes gives us a call to balance in our lives as much as in creation as a whole, and balance in community as well. It should not be lost that the name of the scripture in which this passage is found refers to the gathered community. In Hebrew, it is kohelet, from the verb to gather. The name we're familiar with, Ecclesiastes, is from the Greek translation, Ecclesia, having originally meant gathering, only later did it mean church. Today, we will celebrate a uniquely Unitarian Universalist ritual, the Flower Festival. This ritual was invented by Czech Unitarian minister Norbert Chopek as a celebration of community and as a way to mark the end of a congregational year. Within the meaning of the Flower Festival, we see a call to community-based balance, a call echoed in Ecclesiastes to everything, a season. Today's conversation with our children comes from another ancient ritual in Unitarian Universalism. The Fruit Loop ritual was taught to me by my predecessor as team director at the Southeast Unitarian Universalist Summer Institute. And it was how we introduced the teen program to the 13-year-olds who were scared of this unknown program that they were not allowed into. We are a bunch of Fruit Loops, we explained to the 13s. There is nothing scary about a bowl of sugared cereal unless you're a parent whose child has just eaten it. But more than that, this ritual said something at once profound and easy for children to understand. Our community was beautiful in all of its diversity, and it could not be the same without the uniqueness of every single individual. To make this community requires the balance that comes naturally in this world. You don't get a bowl of Fruit Loops that are all red. You don't get a bowl of Fruit Loops that are all perfectly round. Similarly, in our natural world, diversity and uniqueness are the rule. 
Even two flowers of the same type are not identical to one another. They vary in subtle and interesting ways. This one maybe has a little brown edge on the petal. This one's stamens have released all of their pollen on the inside of the flower. The bouquet would be so uninteresting if all of the flowers were identical. Attempts to make groups identical are always artificial. They require arbitrary divisions and force to hold them together. Religious communities who all believe exactly the same thing are held together by threats, the threat of exclusion, either from the community or the threat of eternal exclusion from eternal salvation. And just think about what goes wrong when we try to make things in nature all the same. Roses have been bred to produce identical blossoms, firm red buds on long thornless stems, and their scent, there's none. Tomatoes have been bred to produce identical fruit, round, hearty fruits that make even slices for our hamburgers, and they taste like cardboard. Any student of nature knows that the best-smelling roses are the fragile, old-fashioned kind, the ones that send out ungainly suckers and have enormous thorns. And any student of food knows that those ugly, spotted, wrinkled, easily bruised heirloom tomatoes taste divine. Each tomato in a pile of those is unique, just the way they should be. And a Unitarian Universalist congregation is no different We each come here with our own uniqueness, making together a common salad or bouquet or bowl of cereal that is better than any homogenized community ever could be. A few years ago, my colleague, the Reverend Marlon Levenhar, at All Souls Unitarian Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, commissioned a local artist to produce a painting that captured the essence of Unitarian Universalism. The work reproduced on this note card that I hear is entitled Simple Gifts 2, and it is on display in their lobby. In this painting, artist P.S. Gordon filled the painting with rich symbolism. A ballot box signifies our commitment to democracy. The table in the painting is an early American antique, symbolizing our roots in this country and our ties to the American ideals of freedom and reason. A book with no title on it represents our ongoing search for knowledge. There is much more. And the symbol of the gathered congregation, the symbol of the gathered congregation in this painting is a beautiful glass vase of flowers. It is a rich and diverse bouquet of flowers. Native perennials mingle with exotic hybrids, evergreen tree branches, and colorful autumn leaves. The flowers are pink, yellow, blue, orange, and red, every color of the floral palette. And yet it is one vase that holds them all together. In all of their diverse and unique beauty, one source of water nourishes them all. One vase, like the one community that brings us all together, holds a vibrant and diverse bouquet. A bouquet balanced by its very nature. Here in theologies, in experiences, in backgrounds, in what we are called to do. And like the author of Ecclesiastes, 
the artist of this painting reminds us that we are surrounded by gifts, simple gifts, gifts given to each of us every day. The gift of connection with others, the gift of a brain with which to learn, the gift of laughter, of play, and of time to enjoy one another, the gift of work that is meaningful, even when we are tired, when we struggle just to put two sentences together that make sense, when we yearn for the freedom of vacation, let us not take these simple gifts for granted. I promise to you that I will not. Blessed be.